0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to see all y'all here this morning. Uh, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you this morning, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for the opportunity to come worship you, Lord. Lord, I just want to lift everyone up to you this morning, Lord. I just want to pray for them, Lord. I don't know what all that they're dealing with or what kind of ailments they have, Lord, but you do, Lord, and you know what they need. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you be with them, Lord. Let them know that you're in control, Lord, and that uh, your will will be done, Lord. Lord, as we go through this week, Lord, I just pray that you help us keep our eyes on you, Lord, and that you help us to focus on the things, Lord, that you would have us to do, Lord, to to help spread your word and help spread the message that uh, you are our Savior, Lord. Lord, I just thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. how i long
1: to breathe the air of heaven where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets. to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with you through all eternity There will be a day
2: when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with Him.
3: I spin in vanity and pride, caring not, my Lord was crucified. Knowing not, it was for me he died in Calvary. By God's word, it I trembled at the fall, I swore. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. There your mercy and your grace was
2: free. There your pardon multiplied to me my burden soul found liberty
3: calvary now i've given jesus everything now i gladly know him as my king now my raptured soul can. down to man oh the mighty gulf that god did spin in calvary there your mercy and your grace was
2: free there your pardon multiplied to me there my burden so Grace was free, and there your pardon multiplied to me. There, my burden so found liberty and Calvary. There, my burden so found liberty and Calvary.
1: blood poured out battling
2: Hallelujah
4: Good morning. Good to see all of you guys here today. Um, Daryl asked me if I'd come and speak just a few minutes about church camp. He didn't actually say a few minutes. I'm taking it as a few minutes. If he gets me up here, it's going to be a few minutes. Um, but this is our theme for church camp this week. And it says, this is our church uh, shirt. It says, do it. And then on the back, it says, do something. Uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So um, as, as we were coming together trying to figure out themes for the week and for the kids I settled on this for a couple reasons you know a lot of times in our lives and and as a youth pastor you see in a lot of the kids lives you ask you ask God we're always asking God something from him do something help me some way uh, help me somehow do something in my life and then a lot of times he's asking us the same question back "Well, well you do something you know we're asking him to do something he's asking us to do something and so the the theme for this week is just that. Uh, there's also a meme on Facebook that I love. It's like a stick hitting something else with a stick, and it's just like, do something, you know, move. And I think God's like that sometimes with us. We, he's given us so many opportunities, so many ways to reach people, and just so many avenues to do what he's called us to do, and he's just sitting there with a stick going, do something. Don't just sit there. And even as we talked about it in class this morning, you know, we are... We're called to do much more than just come and sit in church. And so that's what we're going to try to do with the youth group this week is try to motivate them and push them and re- make them realize that uh, there's more to life than than just not doing anything. We have to do something for Christ for life to have meaning. And so um, that's kind of my prayer for the week. That's kind of my prayer for our church. And there's been so many people step up. Uh, thank you guys for all the help and, and getting stuff ready. Amy has been amazing. She did uh, led church camp last year as the, church camp director and then they stuck me with it this year so I had to have some help and she's helping me uh, tremendously so uh, all the help that all of you guys are giving in transportation and otherwise it's uh, very much appreciated the help we have with the workers from our church couldn't do it without you guys Um, but I'm looking forward to it because I I really believe that God will use us to do something to further his word this week so just keep us in your prayers and your thoughts this week it's going to be hot Uh, thankfully not as hot as they had projected but uh you know what god is in control of the weather as well so we'll see what he has for us there all right let's pray yeah, you can come up here come on you yeah yep nope nope dear heavenly father lord thank you for this day uh just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house uh thank you for the week that we have ahead of us lord i am encouraged and excited uh just just for the first time in a long time really really uh, enthused about what we have going on um, thank you for all the workers and the helpers that we have. Lord, we pray that we'll use this week to uh, further your glory and your kingdom. Um, as we sit here this morning, I pray that you will just give Darrell the words. Uh, Lord, we know that your spirit will move upon him, and we will hear what we need to hear from you, and we will try to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: I try not to just say things just to say things, so I say to say, to, say to Aaron and to Amy and I'll, everybody's going to work at camp this week I really do I really do think you're going to have a good we're going to have a good week uh, I think God's going to do something I think he's going to do something maybe that you're not expecting uh, so you know be ready for that all right Hebrews chapter 11 30 through 31. If you see the title page, uh, your journey is all. Hebrews eleven is being about your journey. You know we we talk about the story. You'll hear me say this all the time. We talk about the stories in the Bible, and they are for our instruction. The story is really not about them, as it is about now I apply that to you. So we're looking at the people who are going through these these journeys of faith in Hebrews eleven. That's what the whole chapter is about. And so, but it's not really about them. It's about you. So today. Your Journey, Crazy Faith, uh, out of Hebrews 11:30 30 through 31, it's the story of the Israelites finally crossing over the Jordan, and the first encounter that they have is the city of Jericho and these really huge, thick walls that surround the city. The city is a major obstacle to the Israelites. They've just crossed the Jordan. They're in the Promised Land now, and immediately their first obstacle, this, this, this city with these walls, so Joshua and the and the Israelites, the walls of the city of city of Jericho fall flat. We're only going to read two verses. The Hebrew pastor doesn't tell the whole story. So most of you know the, know the story. the The walls do fall flat, and uh, but there's a, a, a there's a lady in the story, Rahab, who is a who is a prostitute, and uh, before they cross the Jordan, before the Israelites cross the Jordan, Joshua sends two spies to spy out the city of Jericho. What do we do? How, how do? how do we do it? And those two spies are hidden in Rahab's house. And so because of that, uh, she's going to be saved. And So the spies say, hey, if you tie a red cord in the window of your house, when we come back and all the soldiers with us, and the spies didn't know how they're going to do it, this whole thing of, Marching around the the city once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And then at the very end, only one time, everybody give a great shout and the walls will will fall down. And the spies tell her, even though they don't know that story, they don't know how it's going to go. They tell her, if you'll tie this red cord in in the window, we'll see it because her house was built on the wall. So... We'll, we can see it, and you will be saved. And so her, her mother, her father, brothers, and sisters, and their children, and we don't have any idea. And that's kind of part of the message. We don't have any idea how many people that is. They're all in the house with her, and they see the cord, and her house is saved. The only way I can visualize this, we know that the walls fall down. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's crazy, it's crazy faith, but all the walls fall down except where her house is, okay? But there's the story. Most of you heard that, just kind of a real quick refresher. Uh, Let's read the text out of Hebrews 11, verse 30 through 31. And the pastor actually puts the order of things uh, backward. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for s- s- seven days. Uh, again, they march around it six, march around it one time for six days, march around it seven times on the seventh day. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. If you're looking at your outline, there's an outline on the back side of your announcements this morning. Uh, Crazy faith divided into the crazy faith of the Israelites and the not-so-crazy faith of of Rahab. Keep wanting to call her Ahab. The not-so-crazy faith of Rahab and her family. But here we are, the crazy faith of the Israelites. And so for uh, the Christians in the room especially, the not-so-crazy faith of Rahab is going to be for anyone in the room who may not be a believer yet. And for Christians too, this is one for Christians almost exclusively—the crazy faith of the Israelites. Now, nobody knew when the spies went; they didn't know the story, they didn't know how it was going to go. An angel of the Lord met with Joshua the night before and explained to him, "This is what we're going to do." So they're going to—it's not the whole camp, but it includes some priests. Uh, there are there are seven priests with seven horns. Uh, now we call it a shofar, uh, a ram's horn. So it have seven priests with seven horns. Have um, I think four priests carry the ark, the ark of the covenants. There, there are some soldiers in front of the priests and the ark. There are some soldiers behind the ark. No way to know if the whole troop, if the, if everybody was there, it's 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 in the millions. So the whole nation of Israel doesn't go, just the soldiers and the priests. So I'm guessing somewhere in the 10,000s, okay, pretty large group, but not the whole group. They are to march around the city once a day. Every time I read the story, I can't figure out how often the priests are to blow the horn. But somewhere along the way, at different times, the, the, the priests blow the horn. The next phrase that you have on the screen, the crazy faith, is, is not one word. And that comes from Joshua to everybody that's going to march, march around. So they're marching around the city, huge walls, uh, a city that's known to be, uh, I think the word is indefensible, you can't penetrate it, no one can get in. And so the plan is march around it for six days. On the seventh day, march seven times. A shout, the trumpet, the walls are going to fall flat. And when Joshua heard the plan, he must have said, really? You know, really? Is that really going to? But that's the plan, and he told the plan to the troops. So the troops are marching around, or they start the march, and Joshua says to them, not one word do you say utter." Not one word out of your mouth. No one talks to anyone. Nothing. Not one word. I would have loved to be there as Joshua tells him this. And then goes over, he explains everything. This is when the priests blow the horn. This is where the ark's supposed to be. The soldier's supposed to be here in front and back. And God's laid all this out. And I know the instruction, Joshua, you do it just as I told you to do. And again, Joshua tells them two or three times, not one word. Not one word. They start the march. Now, here's the thing. Inside of Jericho are Canaanites. Ammonites, Canaanites, they are as wicked a people as can be found. There's probably nobody on the earth more more wicked, more ungodly, more anti-God than these people are. That's just the truth. So they're watching, so these ungodly Canaanites, as wicked as you can get, are watching as the Israelites as opposite of the Canaanite as they can get. And that's the point that God's trying to make. I want you to march around the walls, not one word, not one shout, not one leer, not one jeer, not one insult. Because that's kind of the way it used to be. You march up to a town, they start insults back back and forth. And you know, na 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 nah, you can't get, get me and all that kind of stuff. Just, just... Uh, back and forth, they'll be as insulting. And as you read other stories in Scripture, when the Israelites were under siege, the enemy would come and they would shout to him and, and they would talk to him back and forth. And, and I almost entitled the message today, Trash Talk, okay? Because that's exactly what the Canaanites are doing to the Israelites as they march around. This is no kind of battle uh, plan that the Canaanites have ever seen. Nobody does this. Nobody marches around a town thinking, well, if we march around it long enough, the walls are going to fall. No, they're not. You know, it's never worked like that. It's not going to work like that. And so the Canaanites watch as this crazy battle plan that the Israelites have marching around. And so you couldn't help it. If you're a Canaanite, you can't help but jump up on the wall and watch this. Hey, you got to see this. You gotta see this. They don't have javelins, they don't have spears, they're not trying to build sieges, they're not this is no battle tactic that we've ever seen. You you gotta see this. And so it's not hard for me to imagine that every Canaanite in town, every child, every adult do- is, is up on the wall because the wall is huge, very, very thick, very, very, very wide. Not like we would sometimes imagine a wall that we would build. Rahab had her house built on the wall. It's huge. So they're watching as the Israelites, and then it's not hard to imagine all. They start to shout at the Israelites and start to jeer, start to taunt them. That's why Joshua said, Not one word. I don't want to hear one word. Okay? We're going to be so different. The Israelites, Joshua could say, we're going to be so different. We're going to be like something they've never seen before. They don't get it. They're not going to understand it. And so I don't care what the Canaanites say to you. I don't care how much they taunt you. I don't care what they do, what they say. You don't answer back one word. And so all day long, or how, how, however long it took, it, w- it wasn't all day long. But that day, the first day, they march all, march all the way, around. and the Canaanites watching, watching all, all the way around, jeering and taunting, and you know, is that the best you can do? And and just on it, just whatever you can, you can imagine, crazy faith of the Israelites. Nobody is watching more intently than who, Rahab. And she's gathered her family, her mother. The Bible says her mother, her father, her brothers, her sisters, and their children. And so they're all packed in this room. Nobody's watching the Israelites more intently than she is because this is what she's chosen to do. They're going to save her and her household. I'm really more interested in her household. We know what happens to her. Rahab becomes the great-great-grandmother of David, and then that makes her the ancestor in the ancestral line of Jesus. She marries a man named Salmon, who is a, this is interesting to me, to just to imagine this, but she marries a man named Salmon who is a prince in the tribe of Judah. It doesn't. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically that he's in the march, but it's hard to believe that he wouldn't be. And some speculate that he could be, have been one of the two spies. Possible, just the Bible doesn't say. But it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't be, since he's a prince in the tribe of Judah, it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't be in, in this troop marching around. And so nobody's watching all this more intently than Rahab and all the, all the kids and her brothers and sisters up at the win- window look, looking out, you know, just watching these crazy Israelites marching around. Somewhere along the line, she looks out. She sees her future husband marching around. On the Israelite side, another thing Joshua has told them, not one word, but there is a lady who helped us and uh, helped our spies. We're going to save her. and She's going to have a scarlet cord tied in the window. I, it didn't, it, we don't know, you know where, it's just a scarlet cord tied in the window. So as the troop marks, r- marches around, I wonder if the Israelites or the Canaanites on the wall thought, what are they staring at? But when they get to Rahab's house, every head turns, there's the one. There's the, there's, there it is. And I don't, Joshua didn't say they couldn't point. Joshua didn't say they couldn't stare. I mean, how could you not? Y'all got to look for a house with a scarlet cord tied in the window. And so, you know, you just can't help but turn your head. You know, there it is. But they don't say a word. So she's watching them. They're watching her house. And Salmon, the prince of the tribe of Judah, doesn't know it yet, but he looks up and he's seeing his wife, his future wife. So they march around, she's watching them, they're watching her her house. It is the people of God doing things that amazes, confuses those who are not. It's being so different that they can't help but want to see it. And they can't help but be interested in it. If I was a Canaanite, I guarantee you I'd be up on that wall. I've never seen anything like this. It's not dangerous at all. They're not trying to do a thing. This is fun. And so watching these crazy Israelites march around. And so it's the unbelieving world as they see us, because I'm one of them. I have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am one of God's f- folks, children. And so it's the, it's the unbelieving world that don't believe in that as they watch me, and as they watch you, and they watch how we act and where we go and what we say and what we don't say. As they listen to every word that we say. And there's a catch every word that we don't say. We look different, we act different, we talk different by the words we use, and we talk different by the words that we don't use. And to the unbelievers, often they look at us as we're crazy. It's insane. It's crazy. But it's God using God's people. The Holy Spirit using God's people to get his work done. And it's it's the unbelievers watching all of this. And I guarantee you that they are. So it's the Holy Spirit bringing it on down a little closer. The Holy Spirit using you. And bringing it on down a little bit more. It's the Holy Spirit using you and asking you to do some things. Step out and try some things. As Aaron said, do it. He's asking you to do some things, try some things that maybe you've never done before. Maybe you don't feel fit for. Maybe you don't feel like you can do it. Maybe you just never tried anything like that before. But it's the Holy Spirit using you to do some cra- what seems like crazy things. So it's that, it's that decision to step out in faith and to go ahead and do some things that God has maybe never used you for before never asked you to do it before the story I use very simple story and I choose it because it's a story where I failed you know anybody can tell a story about hey when you tried something everything went went great but you know not everything we try is going to go great but long uh, s- several years before I started pre- preaching I, w- I was thinking back I was probably 19 or 19 or 20 something like that I don't know why I'm trying to figure out the age. I was just going to tell you that I was young. Probably 19 or 20 uh, at our church in Springfield, Dee Dee and I used to sit more over here. Uh, During the songs that we were singing on that Sunday, during the songs, I believe, and I wasn't used to this, but I believe that the Holy Spirit was telling me to get up and go around. There was there was an there was an uh, there was a lady sitting on this side of the church on the edge on the edge on the end, and she had a lot of trouble with her knee; could hardly walk. I believed that the Holy Spirit was asking me to get up, and I didn't you know come up front and dis and disrupt or uh, cause a scene or anything. So I just walked around the back, and I walked around the the whole back, and I came up the side. And I uh, believed that he was telling me that he wanted, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit wanted me to pray for her and her knee, her ability to walk. So I struggled, as you can imagine, I was young, I wasn't used to this, so I struggled with that. But as we went through the singing and through the songs, it got stronger and it got stronger. And I thought to myself, that's crazy. I don't do that. You know, that's what, other Christians do that's what you know that's what other Christians do but I don't do stuff like that that's crazy so but I did it so I got up what I don't think anybody else in the room even knew it while the while the songs were singing I walked around and, and I knew that I think I don't know I can't remember exactly but I think after the song we would always have a always have a Prayer time. I, I I think that's what I had in mind. But so I come around and I asked the lady, just knelt there beside her, just quiet, just whispered in, in her ear, "Ma'am, uh, I can't help it. I think God uh, wants me to pray for you and to pray for your knee. And once when the songs are through, would you go with me to the altar and pray? Now this is where." You know, if I'm speaking, you always want to pick out a story where everything ends well. So this is where she says yes. But the problem is she didn't say it. She said, well, she said, I'm afraid if I get down, if I kneel down the altar to pray, that I won't be able to get back up with my bad knee. And and I felt like saying, well, that's kind of the point, you know, when I'm trying to do this. But anyway, she said no. And so I said, well, uh, I guess I'll go back to my seat, you know, and I did. Now right there, just kind of getting started, is where I wanted to quit. You know, I'm not doing that again. I look like a fool. You can. Yeah. You sure can. I'm going to tell you that. If you do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do, sometimes you're going to feel like a fool And sometimes you're going to look like a fool. I'm telling you, that's the way it is. But sometimes you're really going to get in on what God is doing. Sometimes you're really going to hit that nail right on the head. I promise you, if you swing a hammer long enough, I, I can. I can. Uh, this nail and this nail can testify to you. If you swing a hammer long enough, you're going to hit this one or this one. And I'll tell you this: what this, if you start to swing a hammer, get your left hand back, okay? Or if you're left-handed, get your right hand back. Get your hand away from the nail because you're going to hit it. But if you don't swing the hammer you're never going to hit the other nail that's the important one. So you you can just go through life thinking, I'm afraid to swing a hammer because I might hit one of these two nails, or you know what? That's okay that I hit a nail, the wrong nail every once in a while, because I want to hit the real nail. And sometimes you get so in tune with the Holy Spirit and you hit that nail right on the head, but you're never going to do it If you don't try and if you don't step out and if you don't try to do some things that to you seem crazy and maybe to others they seem crazy, but while they step back and watch, you're doing it, okay? While they step back and wish they would, you're doing it. So it's crazy faith. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it it absolutely is. Is but I, I, maybe, maybe there are people who float by in the world and get to do what God wants them to do and never have to really step out on faith. But personally, I've never met them, and so to do what God's asking you to do to, to get in on God's work to work with Him, you just go there's going to have to be some crazy steps of faith. Man, I've never done that, I'm scared, I don't know how to do that exactly. Exactly, God is. God is calling, and God is moving amongst His people to do some things that that unbelievers wouldn't even dream of doing, and that others who are who are scared they won't, they won't even try to do, but God's people get to do it. Let's move on. That's the crazy faith of the Israelites, and then the next one, not so crazy faith of Rahab and her family as they watch from the window these Israelites going around. Let's go ahead and put that last screen up. Choosing to leave the unbelieving for the believing. This isn't that hard. But choosing to leave the unbelieving. Okay, she's up in the house, and she's hearing her fellow Canaanites, in both ears, both sides, screaming and shouting and jeering and taunting and cussing, and spitting, and throwing things, and just in in a tizzy over these crazy Israelites walking around, not saying a word. And she's listening to where she's come from, these Canaanites, and she's looking down at where she's going. These Israelites marching in order, not saying a word. She's leaving behind her past. She doesn't have any idea she's going to become the great-great-grandmother of the greatest king Israel's ever known. She doesn't know that, but that's what she gets to do. She doesn't know that. All she's saying, you know what? I can, I can identify that she's in her house listening to her fellow Canaanites and all their taunting and all their mess Her thinking, I'm ready to leave this. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm done with this. There's got to be a better life than this. You know what? There is. And there it is. The Israelites. God's people. There's got to be a better way than this. And there is. I can do better than this. Yes, you can. There's got to be a better choice than this. Yes, there is. It's leaving... The unbelieving for the believing, making that step. That's a big step to make. But I said, what was it, last week? I'm a Christian because I want to be. It's simple as that. I'm a Christian because I want to be. Rahab was saved because she wanted to be. I'm done with all, I'm done with everybody on the wall. I'm done with that lifestyle. I'm done with that life. The orderly, the quiet, the godly Israelites as they march by, that's what I want. That's what I want. It's really not, I don't know how God sees it. I'm not sure that her step of faith is really not as big as their step of faith because she's leaving the ungodly for the godly. That's not too hard to do. But it's choosing to leave the unbelieving for the believing. This is for all of us. This is for anyone in the room who is not a Christian yet. Simple choice. I'm leaving behind the unbelieving world. I'm leaving behind my past. I'm leaving behind what I was. I'm leaving behind all that that means, and I'm choosing Jesus. Simple as that. It really is, and that's what I want. I don't want to be the way I am. I don't want to be the way I've been, the way I've been, I want to be new. I want to be clean. I want to be fresh. I want to start over again. I want that. Nobody is a Christian who doesn't want to be. No one. No one is a Christian who doesn't want to be. That that doesn't even fit. I am because I want to. Everybody in the room is. That is because because they want to. So it's that time when you just simply say, you know, that's what I, I want, Jesus. I want him to save me. I want him to make me new. I want him to, I want to start over again. New birth. I want to be born again. That's all you got to do. Say, Jesus, that's, that's what I want. Now, for the believer in the room, say, so, well, I, I, you know, I've already done that. I already am one. Yeah, I know. But I've noticed in myself and in a lot of us that it's not, it's not about getting saved again. That's not what I'm talking about. But, it, but it's, it's uh, making those choices quite a few times in life, quite a few times, even after I'm saved, where I have to choose again. You know what? I, I'm ready to take another step up. And, I, and by doing that, you know, on a ladder to take a step up, you've got to leave the rung you're on. But I want to do that. I'm ready to take another step up. And then in a few years, I want to take another step up. But I'm I'm leaving behind who I was. I'm leaving behind what I was, what I've been doing. And I'm ready to step up, to leave the unbelieving for the believing. I'm still doing that. I've been saved. I was saved when I was seven years old. I'm still doing that, stepping up. I still do that. I mean, all right, I still do that. Leaving the unbelieving for the believing. If you, if you let me add this and we're going to pray. If you are not a Christian and you choose to be one, if you choose to be one this morning, if you go home and choose to be one, if you if you're wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are. Anytime you choose that I want Jesus as my savior. I want to be born again you just choose that you just you say that you believe that in your heart you confess with your mouth you believe that in your heart you let me know and here's what we're going to do we're going to baptize you okay that's the first thing we're going to do and we're going to do it quick we're not going to wait we're going to baptize you as soon as we can and you're going to get on the road to doing God's work. You're going to get on the road to living his life, leaving the old life behind. We're not just going to shrug our shoulders and say, hey, great. No. We're going to do something. We're going to baptize you and that's going to be your first step. you got to let me know. If you are saved at home, if you're saved at camp, if you're saved here, it doesn't matter. You, ju- you just let me know. And by doing that, what you're saying, I'm ready. I'm choosing to leave the past behind. I'm choosing to leave the unbelieving for the believing. Anytime you're ready to do that, you let me know. For the Christians in the room, it may be that the Holy Spirit's dealing with you about some things. It's time to take some crazy steps of faith. You've been thinking about it, he's been bugging you about it, and it's time to do it. And and then there are steps up the ladder that you may need to take. For those in the room who may not be in Christ yet, all you gotta do is choose that. I'm gonna ask you to stand. The musicians come, and uh, we're gonna get ready for our prayer time. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to bow your head if you would. This is a very, uh, for us, a very special time, I think, and I think it is for for you too. You listen, and what I'm asking you to do, in, an, I'll say it this way, I'm asking you to listen to the Holy Spirit as he's dealing with you, talking to you. If you're not a Christian yet, if you're not a Christian yet, the Holy Spirit may be dealing with you right now. And you really cannot find a reason to wait. You do not have a reason to wait. If the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, drawing you, talking to you, just come. Just come and pray. Pray. I'll help you. Any, any, anyone here would help you. But you just come and pray. If you're a Christian in the room and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and you're a little more familiar with this, you've been through this before. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you about something to do, someone to go talk to or, or some, something to do, something to be. And it, but it's going to take some faith. It's going to take some stepping out. And that's okay. You can do it. Because it's not going to be you. It's going to be the Holy Spirit through you. So if there's someone here who just is ready to choose Jesus this morning, or if there's somebody in here who's ready, and, you, and you'll know what I mean, you're ready to choose Jesus again and again and again. And I'm, I'm choosing to walk by his Spirit and what he's asking me to do. It's a big step. It's a hard step. But I'm ready to take that step in Jesus' name. If you need to come and pray about anything, or if you need to come and pray for someone while they play and sing, we invite you to come. Come and pray.